Okay, well, welcome. This is WNCN Radio coming to you, Lorraine, Ohio, and very happy you tuned in on this new year. We just started into this new year, so we have a new program. Kind of got started on last week where we're talking, I think, one of some of the most important questions in life as a believer <clears throat> is who are we in Jesus Christ? What is our identity? And the Bible, the New Testament, is actually loaded uh, with a lot of titles and positions that we have been giving as a result yeah. of being a child of God. So I'm sitting here with my good friend and assistant, David Abood. John, how are you? Great to be here again today. Good to be here. Good yeah. to get the message out. Right. Thankful for everybody that's tuned in. Any problem listening, again, you can live stream us. Just go to www.wnzn.org. That's wnzn.org. And you should be able to get us clearly that way. Yeah. So let's dig right into this topic, David. And so you mm -hmm. might want to give an intro because, yeah. again, last week we started. And I think you might want to just cover some of the main titles of the believer's position in Christ that we covered last week. Right. Um, well, you know, first and foremost, I think, you know, we're talking about our identity in Christ, John, and uh, what God says, um, what that means. You know, too often uh, people base their identities on what they do or what their relationships are in life, you know, and they define themselves by those pursuits. Mm -hmm. But by doing so, you know, we significantly limit our lives. And I had no idea that this was true because for me, um, I was focused on you know, uh, how do I get X, Y, and Z materially? How do I build, um, you know, my companies? Uh, how do I have a strong family model? All of that was not centered on Christ. When I did a regime shift about 10 years ago and centered everything that I do, um, you know, with, with the identity on Christ and centered on Christ, it turbocharged, lack of a better term, every aspect of what I just mentioned mm -hmm. in ways that there's no way I could have done it on my own. So I think first and foremost, uh, when we talk about the identity of Christ, uh, we are talking about just kind of a regime shift about how you focus your life, how you live it, and, um, and the gifts you get. By doing that for mm -hmm. God. Right. And I, I guess that's the best summary yeah, I can give. That's good to go, yeah. David. You know, and when we talk about who we are in Christ, I know last week we covered some of these titles <laughs> yeah. of, of number one, yep. we're a disciple. That's a very important one we may touch on again. Sure. Number two, we're a saint. Right. Which is interesting because yeah. some people think, well, saint is this really special, revered person, very holy. But that's really not... The definition, the de definition of saint is sanctified one or set apart one. Mm -hmm. And you see that all through the New Testament, that believers are called saints. Right. Paul will address his letter, like in Corinthians, to the saints that are gathered together in Corinth or the saints that are in, you know, Ephesus. Right. Uh -huh. So it's, it's saint means set apart one, sanctified one unto God, basically a believer in Jesus Christ. We covered disciple. We look at the fact that we're a temple, which right. is very important. The Holy Spirit is now dwelling in us. Yes. Very, very important. And so the whole thing with identity, well, look at the natural. If I identify myself, identify myself in just the natural, I could say, okay, I'm an American, yeah. Irish descent, uh, citizen of, of Cleveland, Ohio. I'm a male. Uh, I could go down this whole listing of titles or attributes of my identity, but so much more so. When we say, okay, well, who we are in Jesus, because each of these titles is loaded yeah. with meaning. And I just want to start with one, David, and then mm -hmm. we'll kick it over. You, sure. you have some there. Yeah. It says this in um, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. 
He says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Right. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, I'm going to put this down. We're Second a new, Corinthians what? 2 Corinthians chapter 5, okay. verse 17. I'm mm-hmm. going to put that down in our list sure. here. This is number 5. New creation. Well, what does this mean? Number one, if we go way back to Genesis, we see that when God created the whole universe and then creates the plants, animals, you know, all the birds of the air, fish of the sea, trees, final creation is man. And it says he makes man in his image. We're made in the image of God. Now what happened there, that image is broken through Adam and Eve, through their willful disobedience, Right. Sin enters the world, mm-hmm. we're separated from God, and we are dead in our trespasses and sins. We need a new creation. And that's why Jesus <clears throat> says to a very religious man named Nicodemus in John chapter 3, you must be born again. Mm-hmm. Now, when we're born again, we are a new creation. That's, that's the key here, being remade in the image of God. And that's what he's saying here in this Second Corinthians uh, chapter 5, verse 17, we are a brand new creation. Now, that, that's a very important... Oh, yeah. uh, it's not like Christianity, you turn over a new leaf or mm-hmm. a new start in life. It's No, it means literally your old self has died and you've risen in Christ to a brand new identity, who you are in Christ. And he says here, therefore, if anyone is in Christ... Now, there might be some people listening to the radio program right now that are not in Christ. In other words, they don't have a relationship. Right. So I would urge them to, to hear the words we're saying... And, and realize you could receive him today to be your Lord and Savior. So whoever is in Christ, it says here, old things have passed away. Well, what old things have passed away, for example? Well, what, what from your old life has passed away, David, what, before well, you came to Christ? Oh, yeah, uh, everything. <laughs> um, you know, in terms of new creation, uh, it, we're basically, back then I was focused on the physical side, material side with the new creation we're focused on the spiritual side uh, the fact that the holy spirit resides in us and the fact that we are actually um you know we're new race in christ yeah. literally you're kind of walking away from your old you and it's transformation like if you're going to go through an invisible wall and you come through you're just clean yeah right and it's just it's kind of like that right no <laughs> so. and you know they often use the metaphor of a butterfly yeah when the butterfly is still just a caterpillar he's bound to the earth right, right? hang on yeah. to a leaf it doesn't look that pretty um he's clinging on eating mulch whatever whatever and then he goes through this transformation a metamorphosis that's what's it called a change a right. radical radical yeah. change yeah and he becomes this airborne creature beautiful creature of yeah. a butterfly his, he doesn't go back to the old caterpillar self because right, right. that, that was earthbound. He right. could, but now he's got these he's got these <clears throat> wings he can fly. So sometimes that metaphor will be used because before we were earthbound, right. as you say, I was just concerned with the things of the earth, getting all my needs met. Uh, I wasn't really concerned of God or the ways of mm-hmm. God. Then once I became a believer, then my every everything starts to change. You know your mind. Uh, is being renewed, your imagination, yes. your motives, how you spend your money, how you raise your children, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, your goal in mm-hmm. life, your purpose in your life. Your relationships. Change. Relationships. Yeah. Good point, David. So everything. yeah. And I think a lot of people don't realize this about the Christian faith. I think some people think, well, it means I now go to church or I put yeah. some money in the basket. These aren't bad things, right? but that's not the thing. The thing is you're in brand new creation. You know, um, you gave a talk at, at one of the men's ministry events that, that we attend, 
And uh, you basically said, what was it, John, that there's two and a half billion Christians. And if just every person uh, was a light to help convert, uh, create another disciple, we could transform the world. Within three years. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, it. yeah. And so that's the other thing that happens when you get transformed. You're not so much focused on yourself. You're focused on spreading the good news yeah, and right. creating disciples. And that was one of the things Jesus said in Matthew 18 before he ascended that go out and, and tell the world, you know, sp- spread the good news. Yeah. Just, and it is good news, man. Yeah. I mean, just, yeah, that, that's what I, you know, um, when I was younger, I thought reading the Bible was Chinese order torture number 65. Right. Now, you know, but you have to have a different viewpoint. Yeah. you got to transform uh, your, your mental set when you're into it. Paradise. And you can't believe it. Then you run to it. Oh, yeah. Because you see all the gifts that are in there. So Then, be, here's the thing, David. Your experience is similar to mine. Mm-hmm. I went to church because I had to go yep. to church. My parents, right. when I, I, I didn't mind it. I did oh, it. Yeah. Or, or we went to devotions because they want us to go to devotion. We want to, they want us to participate in choir or something. We did. Okay. Right. Now I do those things because I want to. Right. Not because I have to. Right. Because our nature, our very mm-hmm. nature has changed. And this is actually in the Old Testament in uh, what, what it says in Jeremiah 31, 31, that when a new covenant is coming, uh, it's extremely important because it talks about this inner change. It says this in Jeremiah 31, verse 31. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel, with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers, this is Old Testament, when I took them out of the land of Egypt, my covenant, which they broke. Right. But this is the covenant I will make in those days. I will put my law in their minds. I will write them in their hearts. They will be, I will be their God. They shall be my people. No man shall uh, ever teach his neighbor. Every man, uh, his brother, say, Know the Lord, for they shall know me from the least of them to the greatest. For I will forgive their iniquity and their sins I will remember no more. See, it's eternal. It's not external, keeping laws and rituals. It's internal. I'll give you a new mind. I'll change your heart. Forgive your iniquities. You'll know stuff you didn't know before mm-hmm. because you have this anointing. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. way back there in the Old Testament. Wow. So that's that new creation. We could keep going on this, but I just wanted to touch on that before we move on to the next one. But I think that's a very important one for the listeners to look at. Um because it, in the same text in Second Corinthians 5, it says, yeah. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. So we're reconciled. We're put in right relationship with God through Jesus. Then he's given us this mm-hmm. ministry of reconciliation. So this is the second title today. Same passage. Right. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. In other words, pulling men to himself. Then it says, now then, he's committed this word of reconciliation to us. So in other words, once you're a Christian, you've been reconciled or put in right standing with God, we now have a message to share with others. Yeah, and I think the important element there too, John, is a lot of people I know feel that they are to a point where they can't ask Jesus to come into their life, that he won't won't allow it because of what they've done in the past, and that is so incorrect. That is not correct. You are lying to yourself if you tell yourself that because that's not what it says and that's not the way God and Jesus is. Yeah, exactly Regardless right. of what you've done, you can be redeemed and you can ask for him to come into your life and you can have this, um, you can be part of this new race regardless of what you've done. That's an important message, yeah. David. It yeah. says in Isaiah, 
Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Scarlet was like one of the deepest dye back right. then that uh -huh. they could put on a cloth. Mm -hmm. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be like crimson, which was another deep, deep red color, they could be as white as wool. So the wow. idea being yeah. the depths, you know, I always say it's like this. If you're going down, let's say, Lorraine Avenue, and there's car lots, right. and there's Lexus, and then a BMW, and they're all out there shined up and just, you know, with the lights on. And then you go down further, and there's a junkyard, and cars are rusty and dilapidated and that. When you go down on a snowy day where, like, six feet of snow has fell on Cleveland, you see the cars in the Lexus car lot, right. and then you see the junkyard. Could you tell the difference? No. No. Right. So it's just like us. Some of us were worse junkyards <laughs> We're worse sinners than others, but the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us like snow. Yeah, I that like that visual. You know, you shared that with me when we first met, and uh, you were talking about how much you love the four seasons mm -hmm. in this part of the country. Sure. And you said one of the reasons is you love the snow, you love the rebirth in the spring, and and that's kind of like what we're talking about here. Right. The You know, God's, when you become centered on Christ and take Jesus as your Lord and Savior, like I was looking out at our backyard, it was a muddy mess. You're right. Uh, you know, we have our dog and, you know, and because there was no snow and a lot of rain this time of year, the ground wasn't frozen. But then the first layer of snow just made everything look beautiful. See that? It, it's incredible. So to your point on that, but then moving forward, <coughs> you're, you're totally different. Right. Um, and, and you'll see, you'll see how different you become. And the miracles that happen in your life are just unbelievable. Now here in that yeah. same passage in 2 Corinthians 5, it says this. Now then, we are ambassadors <coughs> for Christ. Right. As though we were pleading through us, we employ you. So an ambassador is somebody who represents a king in a distant country. Mm -hmm. This world is not our home. But we are representing Christ, mm -hmm. and everywhere we go, we are taking the message like an ambassador. Be reconciled to right. God. Be reconciled to God. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That's that's absolutely right. Yeah. Now you may have another one you might have wanted. So well, we've yeah. covered a couple: new creation, ministry of reconciliation, and this idea of ambassadors. We're ambassadors. Yeah, I yeah, I like that one. I also like we're blessed. Yeah. You know, if you look at Psalm one one to three, blessed is the one who does not walk in the step with the wicked or stand in the way of the sinners or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is the law of the Lord and whose, who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and who, whose lead does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Wow. Yeah. So um, God has given us the greatest blessing of all, which is himself, John, right? Right. I mean, there's no other blessing that you would want more than this. And God also brings many different specific blessings into our life, he, you know, in terms of, you know, weekly. Um, it, when you pray, we have seen so many miracles with our friends mm -hmm. and the network we're in. I am saying miracles, and the reason I say miracles, maybe not like what Christ did, where right. he raised people from sure. the dead, or we have seen blind people get their sight. I, I'm referring to daily miracles, little miracles, like what stuff that you know people could be ill, there could be an issue with a family member, uh, broken relationships, there's problems with a business of yours. Whatever it is. Right. And we have seen how God blesses us when you're in prayer 
and you have become centered on him and his word. It's all I can tell you is once you start seeing the breadcrumbs on your path, you you just can't believe. Uh, you, you're first going to shake your head like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. And then he keeps giving you more and more. Right, right. He right, does. I mean, right. it's, so we're very blessed. Yeah, and this, it's, part it's of interesting this. about being blessed. You know, Thomas, after the resurrection of Jesus, he, he didn't meet with Jesus with the other apostles in that upper room. And he, he couldn't hardly believe it. And he says, only if I touch the wounds in his body. Right. Well, Jesus does reappear. And he, and he calls Thomas and he calls Thomas. He says, Thomas come over here and touch the wound in my side mm-hmm. and put your hand there and that you might believe. And of course, Thomas just fell to the ground and said, my Lord, and my God. But Jesus says this is very interesting when you come to blessing David. He says, Jesus says, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen me and yet believe. Right. That's us. Right. We've not seen Jesus no. physically and right. touched his wounds, but by faith and through the word of God, and we're, therefore, we're, can you, I mean, are we more blessed than the Apostle Thomas? Well, in this instance, yes, because we didn't, he needed physical yeah. proof, and we don't. We have the Word of God, mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit, we have history. So it's really kind of cool when you consider our position yeah. as a blessed, you say a blessed people. Well, what does blessed mean? One of the things blessed means is highly favored, <clears throat> uh, highly favored yeah. or recognized. So if somebody right. is blessed, if their life is blessed, even unbelievers could say there's something different about that person. They're highly favored in some capacity. And, of course, Jesus wants us to, 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 to we ask God to bless us. Right. We, you know, we, we seek his blessing. Right. You know, we often think of the parish of Bez where he says, he says, Lord, bless me and bless me indeed. Enlarge the territory, the place of my influence. Um, keep your hand upon me. Don't let me cause evil. But he opens it up by saying, Bless me, Lord, and bless me indeed. So that's a real prayer we can pray. You know, Lord, would you please bless me this day? Yeah. Do um, me a favor. You know, I I, uh, I like mentioning the the Marvel characters. I, I like that because uh-huh. some you know we talk we've talked about the supernatural and and you know the fact that it's all part of this and uh, and we're at we're at war every day, um, with uh, with the supernatural. Right. You know, it's part of our world and people don't want to believe it or embrace it, but it's true. But what what we have, John, based on what we just talked about, how we're blessed, is we have this shield of protection where God can even put his armor on you. Right. Which, in essence, is Jesus Christ in front of you. And so, and and we and Paul made it where he described a Roman soldier's uh, equipment. Right. Uh-huh. So, you know, uh, every morning when I pray, you know, I'll say, you know, Father, uh, amongst other things, thank you for this beautiful day. Thank you for blessing our family and putting your hedge around us. And please, Father, put your armor on us today. You know, the belt of truth, breastplate mm-hmm. of righteousness, sort of the word shield of the faith, uh, shoes uh, shot with the gospel, and um, the helmet of salvation. And that really is your protection. Right. Right. So right. he actually gives you armor too. So that's another reason we're blessed. Right. Exactly. Right. To help against the supernatural issues that exist, whether you want to believe it or not, it's it's out there, man. Well, and that's that's why it's so important as a Christian we understand our position in Christ, and like you just referred to in Ephesians chapter six, it's the armor. How do we walk in this world? Because there are traps out there, there are bondages. There is the world, which is fallen. The Bible says that. There's our own fleshly desires, which are problematic. And there's also demonic. Yes. You know, and so mm-hmm. once we, we're fully armed and aware, 
we can walk through this world with a certain level of victory mm -hmm. and not be poor people are caught up in alcohol, in drugs, mm. in pornography, and there's all this binding and enslavement that can literally destroy their soul, wreck yeah. their health, destroy a family, because they just don't know. Right. They don't know the right way to go, and you know they don't have a light to their path. Or, yeah, you know, a w w without a connection to God, addictions form. Yeah, because uh, that's you're, you're separated from God, and 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 that's where the trouble occurs. Exactly right. Right, John. Exactly right. Now another uh, one we see here, of course is in, uh, in uh, Ephesians chapter 2, kind of on this thing about uh, creation or workmanship. Ephesians chapter 2, it talks about this idea. Uh, every part correct. Ephesians 2. It Made starts alive in, in Christ? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, it starts out, we're dead, mm -hmm. the first one of chapter 2. Right. You're made alive who were once dead. But it talks about here in verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. Notice we're his workmanship. Yeah. He's working on each one of us. Yeah. Well, what did he do with the clay way back in the garden? What he, yeah. created? he was working. Right. He was working to create this mm -hmm. being, man, in his image. Mm -hmm. But now we're the new creation, but he's still working on us. Mm -hmm. See, there's a continual mm -hmm. workmanship going on here. Created in Christ Jesus for good works. We're saved for, to do things, to, to, to glorify God. It, it says in Matthew... Do your good works before men that they might see them and glorify God. So if you you visit the sick, you share the gospel, you visit somebody in prison, you give to the poor, you're you're glorifying God because you want people to think, well, why did you do that? You say, you say well, I did that because God helped me, mm -hmm. you know, you know mm -hmm. that kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. But it's the idea that now we we are a new creation. He's he's continually working on us that we might be conformed to the image of Christ, as Paul says. But then we're, we also are called to good works. So there you see that whole thing. We're his workmanship. We're not just left alone. Uh, he's Think about this. He's working on us every day. It's, it's a continual process. Paul says that we'd be conformed right. to the image of Christ. Well, yeah. And, John, I, I think the important element there, and I was blessed to have you from day one. Most people do not have that. I mean, it was an anomaly that you and I found each other. Uh, well, G God put us together, clearly. But um, when you become a new Christian, you have to think through the model, kind of like when you're in an airplane and there's an issue and the oxygen masks come down and fall. Right. What's the first thing they tell you to do? They, they tell you to take, take it yourself. Mm -hmm. So what you're going to find is when you become a new uh, Christian, you have to be in the Word right. yourself. You have to study it, but then you have to get around people because you might need help Example, exiting the airplane. Right. You could have a broken leg or whatever, but also you need help. So you were there I, you know, to help me interpret what I was reading and to tell me what it's like to be a Christian, which then drives you, and I'm going ahead, but this is all part of this identity in Christ, to preserve the identity in Christ and to understand all the gifts, you then need to get under an umbrella of a church with fellow believers. Right. So that, so that you start to put the right goggles on and you start to see really what it's all about but you got to have other people that are more seasoned than you helping you yeah that's a very good point and then we can segue to this other identity yeah with others if you look at first peter um the first letter of peter first epistle of peter he talks about this where he says he says okay he says as a newborn baby first peter chapter two as a newborn baby, desire the sincere milk of the word that you might grow. So as a baby, let's say, okay, you're born into the family of God. You right. experience a yeah. new birth. Mm -hmm. What comes after that? 
you you desire the sincere milk of the word. You start learning the word of God, like mm-hmm. you say, church or a friend, another Christian. You're getting mm-hmm. stronger. Stuff you never knew before, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yes, <laughs> it's amazing, right? And the, indeed, you've tasted the Lord is gracious. Then it says here, verse four: Come to Him, Jesus, as to a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God. You also of living stones are being built up in a spiritual house. So do you notice we're stones now? Mm-hmm. New birth, newborn baby, into the word of God, now fit yourself as a living stone. Each stone is important, right? Because if you watch a guy build a wall, he builds the brick on another oh, yeah. brick. Yeah. And then it's next to another brick or two or three. And then on top of that. So Christianity is not do it yourself. Is 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 a community. It's a fellowship. It's a family. Everywhere you see a title or a metaphor for Christians, it's usually corporate. We're a flock mm-hmm. of sheep being led by the mm-hmm. shepherd. Mm-hmm. We're a temple where right. each one is a living stone. Uh, we're a vine where the branches are all stuck together. We're a body with different members. One might be the ear, the other the eye, the other the foot. All of these corporate images, not individual. And this is a big problem. We're going to do a whole show on this in the near future is Christians are detaching themselves from community. They don't want to be part of a Bible study group. They don't want to be part of a fellowship. They don't want to be part of a church. Right. And it's too independent. And and we're called we're called into community. We're called to be part of a family. It's just like you could raise a child without a family, but the most ideal way to raise a child is a mother and a father, siblings, and to raise that child. Then he can go out and start his own family with that kind of a model. And this is so important when we think of our identity in Christ. Mm-hmm. One of the highest titles we can call is a brother and sister in Christ. If yes. we have the same father, that means you're related. Am I right? Yes. So we, this is another title for believers is brother and sister in, in Christ. And we have obligations to younger yeah. brothers, younger sisters to get them stronger. Just like we have, we have a responsibility to realize who's those elders among us that we can pay attention to. That are looking after our souls, you know, pastors or teachers. Yeah, and um, again, I, I really liked how Paul uh, focused on, you know, the Roman soldier's armor. Yeah. Because when he was in prison, you know, that's what he was staring at the whole time. But, you know, based on what you just said with having fellow believers around, you know, it's also very similar to the formations that the Greeks and Romans used. You know, the, the phalanx it was where basically um, it involved the soldiers standing side by side in ranks. But uh, they got very close so that each man's shield helped protect the man on his left. And if you look at it, it turned into one shield. Right. They were stronger. When, when the individual went out in the open, he was doomed yeah. because he had both sides exposed in his rear. But it's the same with fellow Christians. The, and, and that's why God says we're one body. We're much stronger together oh, yeah. as a unit than not, than on our own. It's, it's a it, big yeah. issue today, David. Right. We're going to do a whole show on this. And- right. I don't know why. I mean, Jesus says, I will build my church. And mm-hmm. he gives a blueprint. You see it worked out in the yeah. book of Acts. And to disregard that and believe that church is optional or it's yeah. um, take it or leave it kind of a thing. I'm, I'm, I'm saying big church, small church, that's not the issue. I'm just saying commit, commit a community of believers coming together on a regular basis to worship God, to share with right. one another, right. to disciple, and to go out from there to reach the world. Mm-hmm. And, man... If we don't have that, society is going to break down. Wherever that thrives, society thrives. Even right. non-believers around us benefit. When that starts going down, like the dark ages, right. you go into superstition, you go into all kinds oh, of fear, yeah. and you lose the light. 
you know, we, well, we did the seven churches. Yes. Remember, Jesus says, if you don't repent, I'll take the candlestick away from you. Right. You don't want that to go. Yeah, that's a wake-up call. Yeah, that's a wake-up call. <laughs> okay, so now we covered, let me just go over a couple of these that uh -huh. we covered. Uh, uh, from last week, we did disciples, saint, that right. we're a temple, mm -hmm. we're dwelt by the, we're a new creation. Mm -hmm. uh, actually, we're workmanship. God is... Uh, friend. Uh, yeah. Friend. That's an right. important one uh -huh. we looked at last week is... Uh, he says, I no mm -hmm. longer call you servants. I call you friends because yeah. the, the servant does not know what the master is doing. But he says, I'm going to fill you in on my plan. And so that whole idea of friend is a pretty important uh, yeah. uh, title. Okay, so now we move on to another category. We're going kind of quick because there's so many of these things in the scripture. <clears throat> but one interesting one is in First Corinthians uh, verse 3, 1 Corinthians verse 3, uh, uh, chapter 3, verse 9. Maybe if you have that, David. Corinthians 3? Uh-huh, chapter 3, verse 9. Sure. For we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. So here we see that God is working with us. Whatever our labors are. Do you so see? is the term coworkers? Coworkers. Okay. That's a good yeah. One. I, I haven't. I haven't. Uh, I didn't. Didn't know that that one was one. I, that's a new one for me. Here's what it says. The last verse in the Gospel of Mark. It says, "Okay, then after the Lord had spoken to them, this is Mark chapter 16. He was received up to heaven and sat at the right hand of God. This is his ascension, right? Right. But then it says, then the apostles went out and preached everywhere. The Lord was working with them." and confirming the word through accompanying signs. In other words, it's saying here, they went out to evangelize, do, but it says the Lord was working with them, even though he's up in heaven, seated at the, do you see that, this, yeah. this co-labor? Right. And that's why when Paul is persecuting the church, right. remember, and he's running to Damascus to get more legal papers to persecute mm -hmm. more Christians, he's knocked to the ground, and the, Jesus says to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute, persecute me? me? Right. Well, Jesus is long since gone to heaven. But who was Paul persecuting? If you persecute the church, it's <clears> like <throat> what? Persecuting yeah. Jesus. Yes. That's an important identity. Yes. You were one with Jesus. We're co-laborers. We're co-heirs with Christ. Uh, very, very powerful that he would. He doesn't say, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting my church? Yeah. Or my family or my people. He says, why are you persecuting yes. me? So once again, I just want to say welcome everybody that tuned in today. This is WNCN Radio from Lorain, Ohio, uh, 89.1 FM on the radio station. Any problem receiving uh, this, I would just encourage you to live stream it. You can go to uh, www.wnzn.org. That's wnzn.org. And if you want any of our programs, they're actually archived if you go to john.john1421.com, yeah. John 14, and they're all listed there. I don't know how many my son has put on there now, David. 50, oh, my gosh. 60. Oh, more than that. So Yeah, uh, we want to thank your son, Michael, for all the work he does to establish our podcast, record our shows, and get them on the Internet. Exactly. He, he does a ton of work. Exactly. Yeah, we're blessed. Let's move on to another a title here. Yeah, um, I have one. Okay. That, that's really... Oh, please, uh, Yeah, it's a good one. <laughs> it's the most important oh. one. Uh, we're saved. Mm -hmm. So Romans 10, 9 to 10, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. 
For it is with your heart that you believe, and you are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. So f- thanks to Jesus for his sacrifice on the cross, that's why we're saved. Exactly. Um, you know, sin, death, Satan, our old human nature and a pattern of worldly living is out the window. We're now victorious because before we were dead, we were skeletons, man, after Adam and Eve's, um, you know, uh, issue in the garden right. where, where they betrayed God's trust and they ate from, you know, the, the forbidden tree. And so um, we're saved now. So the perfect, so basically the, Jesus was the second Adam. Yeah. The perfect right, Adam. Right. Um, and so that's why he had to come. You know, the amazing thing is, John, even when you think about it, even dying on the cross, absolutely. But the king of kings, the creator of heaven and earth, agreed to come down and be a fetus in a human body. Right. Go through child years, you know, yeah. infant years. And live on this planet of sin for 33 years. Started his uh, his work when he was 30, right? Because right. that's when the, the Bible starts picking up his story Luke, in more detail Luke. after he's born. Luke, uh-huh. But to think he went through all that for us. Exactly. Unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, I, to your point, uh, we're saved. Right. Well, to be saved, you have to know you need a Savior. Right. And, and, and mm-hmm. that means you're, you acknowledge sin. Mm-hmm. See, if you study world religions... Okay, right. I studied them over the course yes, of time. Yes, you, yeah, you have. Yeah. Most all of them have a teacher, or a, what they call a prophet or a teacher that's going to instruct you uh, how to live life or about wisdom or do this, don't do mm-hmm. that, maybe what food you should eat, what food you don't eat, maybe make a pilgrimage. But that's not Christianity. Christianity is about a dying, rising Savior. Mm-hmm. He's a teacher. He's the greatest of all teachers, no doubt. But the idea of salvation, that's why some people will say, well, why... Why do we need the cross? And why did Jesus have to die on yeah. the cross? Well, they don't understand. He was doing more than giving us wisdom or instruction. He was saving. Remember what Ephesians 2, we were dead in our trespasses. Yes. And so when you realize you're lost, or if you realize you need a Savior, you have to first realize what do you need saving from, and then you realize you're a sinner. And yeah. I, I, can't, I can't do enough good deeds to erase my sin. I'll give you this comparison. If you were a lifeguard, let's say, at Huntington Beach, and you think somebody out there is drowning, and you go out there and grab a hold of them and start, you have your kickboard and all that, and you're bringing them back, and he doesn't think he's drowning, what's he going to do to you? He's going to fight you. He's going to fight you off, be very angry. But if he is drowning, Mm -hmm. I've had this experience Mm -hmm. once Mm -hmm. in the south of Thailand, and you're gulping water, and you're going down, and all of a sudden you put your hand up like that, waving, and somebody grabs it. And puts his arm around yours, and he got the, and he kicks you, and you get to shore. How much are you going to cling to that person? Oh yeah, gonna, yeah. Because you know you're drowning. Right. See, when you know you're a sinner, right, you're going to look for that savior. Yeah, that, that's and a Jesus good visual. Fits the bill. There's a yeah. lot of people that are fighting him off because they don't realize they're sinners. And some people, you know, I, I think you said this really eloquently that uh, you know the non-believer, their heaven is on earth. Yeah. And so when you're when you're in heaven, you think you're in heaven, um, you're not looking for the true heaven. Yeah, right. So right. it's lost on you. You're you're having a ball. Your life is good in your mind. You're partying when you want to party, doing whatever you want. You have the wherewithal to do it. You think life's great. I don't need anything else. Right, right. But you, what you don't want to do is be in the situation when it's too late. 
when you're about to die and you're assessing really what was your life about, and that's when you're going to be looking for your Savior in Jesus Christ. Don't wait. Don't wait is Don't exactly wait. right. That's why the Bible yeah. says, today is the day of salvation. If you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Right. I mean, yeah. how many people do we know that are healthy? They're going, look at this, Bob Saget, right? Yes. He's a comedian, wealthy, yes. celebrity. Uh, right. Does a show, a two-hour show down in uh, Florida. Right. Goes to the hotel room, no indication of foul play or overdose. He's dead at 65. Gone. Yeah. Okay. This young guy, uh, you know, goes yeah. out to work uh-huh. and he's shot twice. Yep. You know, he's gone. He's 26 yep. years old. My point being it, the Bible clearly says, boast not thyself of tomorrow, for we do not know what tomorrow might bring. Maybe we got another 30 years. Maybe we got another 40. Maybe we got three days. We don't know. But we don't know. That's why it we will don't say. Know. And, the, and what we have to look forward to, it says in Romans, I have not seen, nor ear heard, nor entered the heart of man, what great things God has prepared for those that love him. This, what we're looking at here in this world, like you say, there's this great beauty here. You know, the seasons mm-hmm. with family and friends mm-hmm. and food and travel. Yeah, but it's a fallen world. Everybody's going to mm-hmm. die. Nobody gets out of this thing alive, okay? It's just what it is. There's suffering, there's loss, there's pain. It's just what it is. It's a broken mm-hmm. world. But what's coming yeah. cannot compare. No. And it, it would just shatter our minds if we see. And, and God is not willing that any should perish, but that all might come to repentance. Basically, that everybody would realize they're drowning. They're drowning in sin. They need a Savior. And if you simply call on Him, maybe somebody's listening today, the start of this new year, 2022, you're hearing what we're saying or what David said, I said, and you're thinking, I'm not really sure, I would implore you, please, look at the evidence. Look at the Gospel yeah. of John. Go to a Bible-believing church. They're down the street or around the corner. Uh, today is your day to be saved. And, and I don't know anybody, David, in my almost 45 years as a Christian, that ever regretted accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior. Amen to that. And especially, I've been in rooms where people are dying. <clears throat> right. Breathing, breathing their last breath. Yep. Like my, my mother mm-hmm. or my brother and these others. And uh, they would never regretted being a Christian. No. And, but I've known people and known of people who they didn't know yeah. what was coming next. Yeah. And, you know, um, one of the things, I know we don't have a lot of time, but, you know, some people said they don't want to be a Christian because Christians are very, um, uh, I guess, uh, they're, they're at times they feel that they're too critical uh-huh. or that they're know-it-alls or that they're Pharisees in their own right. And, you know, we're we're human, right? Yeah, you know, right, we're David. we're human, and but so I don't want that to stop people right. if they've had a bad experience with something at a church or somebody at a church, or a, a past priest or pastor. We're all human. We're all sinners. We're not Christ. Exactly. But but you have to forgive and look how He forgave for us. So uh, give it another shot if if that's your mindset that I don't like Christians. They're 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 mean people. They're really not great people like they claim to be. Well, and I've heard that a lot, John, with people not wanting well, to come to the other yeah, side. Yeah, because why? <clears throat> Our salvation is not based on another person or a church. Right. It's based on the person of Jesus Christ. Look, at Jesus picked 12 men, right? Yeah. They were with him for three years. One sold him out for 30 pieces <laughs> of silver. One of his closest denied him three times. Right. If you study Acts of the Apostles, they had issues. Mm-hmm. They, had, oh, they yeah. had to be corrected. Biases, prejudices. Right. They're human beings. Yes. Paul had an argument with John yeah. Mark. Right. We don't know. But my salvation is not in another person. And not, even in somebody as great as the Apostle Paul or St. John or 
St. Augustine. <clears throat> it's, it's in the person of Jesus Christ. And when you get to heaven, you know, we go, everybody's going to have to go before Christ, you know, for judgment. We can't say, yeah, but so-and-so, or I'm better than that guy. That's not going to cut it. No. Because now is the day, now is the time. And it, it, I think we've all been hurt, and we've all hurt people, yes. quite honestly. Oh, yeah. And, and there's no oh, perfect yeah. people that ever walked this planet except no. Jesus. But I will tell you, long range, again, being a believer now for 45 years, I've met some of the most remarkable people, and they yes. come out of the, some of the worst places of drug abuse and alcoholism and prison, and, and today they're sterling. They're and and on the opposite side of that fence, very successful people, very successful, whether it be fame or business-wise, very wealthy people. So even from one extreme to the other, you see oh, yeah. great people. It, it, it's just been a true And blessing. there's no better yeah. way to go about your no. life and to raise children with this No, and, and, and to have something you can share with another person. It mm-hmm. is gold. It is really, you yeah. know, you know yeah. silver and gold. So, again, thank you for listening. Uh, we look forward. We're going to change gears next week, although we could probably continue on these identity yeah. thing of who I am in Christ. I think we're going to look at miracles, David. It's a good sure. way to start the new year. Look at miracles in the Old Testament, miracles in the New Testament. What's the relevant significance of that? And again, we have some special guests. I think we have some interesting guests coming up in the near future. So God bless you for listening. Any questions, uh, please, you can go to my site, John chapter 14, uh, John 14, 21. Uh, but I would encourage you to be in church this Sunday. Yes. Uh, if you're not a believer... Start studying and reading the Gospel of John, one chapter a day. Any way we can help you, please let us know. This is WNZN Radio from Lorain, Ohio. God bless you. Have a great weekend. Talk to you soon. And uh, God bless. Thank you, Dave. Take care, everybody.